you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. Here's your host, Marcus Grant. Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant. Still masking and socially distancing when and where necessary. And welcome to the end of week 13. I always want to say welcome to the next week, but it's not because we still have, we still have three games left in week 13 and i know for a lot of folks out there you need these games to possibly squeak into your league's playoffs so we will certainly break those down and give you the measure of what we expect to happen with the three games still left on the schedule we'll also give you some of our waiver wire picks because for folks in the playoffs that still is a thing we still have to make some some roster moves to try and bolster uh, our lineups for the the playoffs that are to come. So we will talk about that as well. Also have some of the top headlines uh, facing fantasy football managers as we finish up this week. Kimmy Checks will join us as she always does on a Monday. But before we do any of that, we'll talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. And uh, Murph, did you ever think that we would be in early December and the New York Giants would be the best team in the division and threatening maybe to run away with the NFC East. Marcus, I'm, I'm at a loss of words. I mean, a, a two game <laughs> lead now Colt McCoy going into Seattle, even with Dalen Jones going into Seattle versus a really good team, a team scoring well over 30 points per game uh, on offense. You just didn't feel good about it. And they go in there with Colt McCoy and they somehow pull this off. I mean, Wow. Credit to the defense, Leonard Williams, uh, specifically James Bradbury, limiting DK Metcalf's uh, production there. Uh, I mean, Russ, Russ did not look like himself. He did not cook. Uh, I I have not screened that loudly in quite some time. I think really <laughs> maybe the best Giants win since the 2012 Super Bowl season. Like it's been that long. It like my heart couldn't handle it. I, I it was I thought the Eagles win this year was going to be the best thing. I, my mind was blown. That was the best game ever. It, it was amazing. And it, it's funny, too, because it was uh, what, it was five nothing at halftime, uh, which all things considered, I mean, if you're the Giants, and you go down five points at halftime. You, you, you still have to it. feel OK about it. Yeah, you, you still feel OK about it. And then to come out in the second half uh, and, as you mentioned, completely shut down Russ and DK and that offense. Um, you know, I mean, the record's not pretty, but you, the, the Giants are turning a corner. There are reasons to be really optimistic about what the rest of the season holds. It's this weird thing with them. Like, I know they started off slow, and they did kind of in the Super Bowl years as well. I'm not, and I'm not comparing it to Super Bowl run. This is not what it's going to be. But I'm just saying, in those previous years, they took some time to get things going, and you could see it with this team. Like, it took some time for the all in to figure out. It took some time for Garrett to call their uh, the right plays. I mean, Patrick Grant is going to probably get a head coaching job now because of what he's doing with that defense, and they just finally. Cleared Liking. uh the schedule's a little tough but like yeah i mean that that was a win that is a total game changer it's a, it's a season changer 
Absolutely. And uh, it's a reason for Big Blue to be excited. Uh, again, the, the division is right within their grasp. Never would have thought it happened. But but here we are in December. And, and this is what we're talking about. Uh, we'll turn now to our friend Kimmy Checks, who doesn't really have such, uh, I don't want to say worries, but I mean, when you're a Chiefs fan right now, things are pretty good. They can go out and not even play their best game and, and everything's going to be fine. So, I mean, you know, you're, you're sort of living on easy street right now, Kimmy. I am, but I, I just want to make sure everyone understands. I am a Kansas City Chiefs fan since the day I was born, right? This isn't just a Patrick Mahomes hype train moment. We used to not be good before Patrick Mahomes, and that was okay, and I still love the Chiefs too. So let me please relish and live in this moment of our organization being one of the best in all of the NFL right now. <laughs> Look, I understand. I mean, I, not necessarily from a football perspective, but I grew up as a Golden State Warriors fan, and, and they were bad for a long time. So when they got good, uh, I was able to bask it in. So I will tell you that as a fan, enjoy the moment. Because, uh, you know, you never know when you're going to pass this way again. So uh, so absolutely enjoy every bit of this right now. All right. Let's look at some fantasy headlines, shall we? And we'll start with the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz ended up getting benched for the second half of their game. Their loss to the Green Bay Packers. Jalen Hurts came in. And did some nice things, made a couple of nice throws through a touchdown pass, did have an interception late in that game. The Eagles have not said whether or not uh, Carson Wentz is going to get his job back or if it will be Hurts starting in week 14. I mean, for, for you, though, Kimmy, should Jalen Hurts keep this starting job right now? I mean, Jalen Hurts did not look horrible yesterday. And, you know, the Philadelphia, it's its the city of brotherly love unless you are Carson Wentz. Because I think <laughs> Eagles fans are completely fed up with his performances this season. Now, when he came in, he had 5 for 12, 109 passing yards, one touchdown. Yes, he also did get an interception. He was sacked three times. That was Jalen Hurts' performance. If you look at Carson Wentz before he was taken out in the third quarter, he was 6 for 15 79 passing yards, four sacks, zero touchdowns. That was a quarterback rating of 37.3. I think if you are Doug Peterson, you have to look at your offense as a whole and see that when Jalen Hurts went in, he was able to get the, the Eagles competitive in that last quarter of the game. So I think from here on out, I'm not mad at Jalen Hurts being the starting quarterback. Hertz had gotten them to pretty close. I mean, it was, I think it was 23-16. So they were within a touchdown. Then Aaron Jones broke off a 77-yard touchdown run, and, and that was pretty much a wrap. But that had nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. He wasn't on the field when that happened. It just was a different look. A guy who was willing to kind of get out of the pocket, was willing to take some shots downfield because that was a thing watching early in that game and watching the last few weeks. Carson Wentz had just not been willing to do, and, and everybody in the offense had suffered as part of it. Some of this has to do, though, with an offensive line that's just been bad. And, and you know, a thing that I heard yesterday, it's 10 straight games now that the Eagles have allowed uh, three or more sacks. And you mentioned Wentz getting sacked four times yesterday. Hurts got, uh, got sacked a couple times as well. That's not good. But so now let's, let's, let's just go with the hypothetical, right, that Jalen Hurts is going to take over as the quarterback for the foreseeable future as the Eagles try to hang in this race. Uh, for you, Kimmy, does this renew your faith in you know, some of these pass catchers, the Fulgums, the Goddards, all these guys that we have been sort of afraid of? Uh, does Jalen Hurts being back there make you feel a little bit more optimistic about them? 
Yeah, it, it does. And like you said, I think the reason why Jalen Hurts looks so different from Carson Wentz is because he did get out of the pocket, right? He had those long ball moments. He had a long ball to Jalen Rager in that game. I think that's the type of energy and the renewed trust we need in a quarterback. So then on the other side of that coin, we can trust his offensive weapons. I think this means great things for Dallas Goddard and Travis Fulgham. Travis Fulgham, who we've been dying to have another incredible performance after a few duds the last few weeks. Jalen Rager also is going to benefit from this. So I do think there's a new renewed sense of trust in the offensive weapons, uh, especially as you look at the Eagles' remaining schedule. They take on the Saints, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, and then they finish with the Washington football team. All of these defenses, aside from the Cowboys, uh, they've been a little bit tougher, right? They've gotten kind of a renewed energy this latter part of the season. So you need to have a quarterback who's going to be able to have you stay competitive in those games and air out the ball. And I genuinely think that that's Jalen Hurts. I know that the Jalen Rager hive came to life yesterday when Hertz hit him on a couple of long throws. I mean, all the all the Dynasty League folks, all the Devi League folks who have been tracking Jalen Rager, who've been tracking Hertz, who want to see the young guys pop, they were certainly excited. And I think that's reason for us to sort of you know be okay if the Eagles do indeed decide to pivot. I would like to see Rager kind of get more opportunities. I loved what Travis Fulgham was doing in the middle of the season, and it's been frustrating to see him basically vanish from the offense. So if there's anything that can kind of get this thing kick-started, I'm all for it. Um, you know, I was big on Carson Wentz having a, a revival year this year. I have certainly given up that thought a long time ago. So let's just see what the young guys got, and let's see, uh, let's see what he can do here. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Three guys that we had really been banking on for much of the year were a trio of ungood, a poo-poo platter of poor on Sunday. Uh, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert. Uh, Eddie and I talked a little bit about what the Giants did to Russ, but Kyler did not have a great day in the loss to the Rams. You see the pick six being thrown uh, right there to, uh, to Troy Hill. Justin Herbert and the Chargers were just bludgeoned by the Patriots, losing 45 to nothing there. Of those three guys who struggled on Sunday, which one are you most worried about right now? You know, I think it's going to have to be Kyler Murray for me because though he was able to throw three passing touchdowns, he still only ended up with less than 17 fantasy points. And a lot of that is because he hasn't been rushing the ball as he normally does. Now, I think until his shoulder is fully healed up, I doubt that we're going to see him running and risking any type of contact, which means we're not going to see those crazy, you know, 25, 30 plus fantasy point performances out of Kyler Murray. This is back to back weeks now with fewer than 17 fantasy points. Now, the 16.4 that he got yesterday is obviously a lot better than the 7.9 he put up back in week 12, but it still kind of has me scratching my head and a little bit worried at about his production from here on out. I am a little bit worried about Kyler, too, and I do think that that shoulder uh, is really more of a problem than the Cardinals or Kyler is willing to say, and I think that's the reason you haven't seen him run. But uh, I'm, I'm also kind of worried about Russ. I mean, you know, we started the year with hashtag let Russ cook. I feel like for the last month or so, it's been hashtag let Russ hit the drive through because it just hasn't quite been the same. In six of his first seven games, Russell Wilson had three or more touchdown passes. There was a game with two somewhere sprinkled in the middle of that. But the last five weeks, 
two or fewer touchdown passes in every single game. Some of it has been, you know, now that they have Chris Carson back and healthy, now that Carlos Hyde is back and healthy, they are trying to go back and establish the run a little bit more, and that has taken some of the things off Russ's plate. But he went through a stretch where he was turning the ball over a lot, and I don't know if that has made him more conservative or if defenses are just figuring out new ways to slow them down, uh, but it, it just has not been particularly great for Russell Wilson over the last few weeks. Uh, the schedule is not necessarily doing him any favor. They do have the Jets next week, which is is sort of encouraging. But after that, uh, they finish out the season with the football team. They finish with the Rams. Uh, that's the that would be fantasy championship week. And then for those of you just kind of keeping score at home, they end the season with the 49ers. So the schedule is not doing him any favors. Uh, he's kind of not throwing the ball as wildly or or as uh, as, as liberally as he was early in the season. So. Uh, I do have some concerns with Russ. Um, by the way, uh, our, our faithful producer, one of our producers, Kaitan Kalani, made the point that the, since Justin Herbert cut his hair, uh, his production has gone down too. So in a Samson-like maneuver, Justin Herbert seems to have undermined himself. Or it could just be that he's playing better defenses. You take your pick at whichever one makes the most sense to you. Uh, some positives from Sunday, though. Alvin Kamara uh, kind of sort of came back into our lives a little bit. 97 scrimmage yards, had a touchdown in the Saints win, had a couple of catches there. So, Kimmy, are we cool now? I, but the, we were never not cool with Alvin Kamara. It was that we were not cool with Taysom Hill. Now, the Saints tweeted out a picture of Alvin Kamara during pregame, and they said, like, let's ride, or I don't know, something about this matchup against the Falcons. And I was like, he is absolutely going to get the ball now. Because if your social team is trying to hype up his production and what he should be able to do, that means he's going to get a share of the end zone. And finally, it happened. I'm sure that Sean Payton and Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara himself saw all of us complaining on Twitter because we need our fantasy god back. We needed AK to have a game. And he did. Uh, I was happy that he finally got into the end zone. He also had two receptions for nine yards. But still... With Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback, Alvin Kamara has been held up to under 10 receiving yards in three consecutive games. That is not anywhere near the numbers and the production he has in the receiving game when Drew Brees is at quarterback. So though he was able to get close to 100 rushing yards and get a share of the end zone, this still isn't the crazy performances we see out of Alvin Kamara when Drew Brees is there. So we're kind of cool with Taysom Hill right now, but I'm just crossing my fingers <laughs> that Drew Brees can come back because I need AK to deliver and the fantasy playoffs for me. During that game, I kept going back to the, the, the live box score and checking to see how many targets Alvin Kamara had during the course of the game. And it wasn't, it ended up not being a huge number. I think he just had the two, but he did have mm -hmm. a, a couple of catches. So that, that was sort of encouraging. I would like for them to throw the, to throw the ball to Kamara a little bit more, but I'm not going to be too picky about what we got yesterday because it was the best thing uh, we've seen in a few weeks. There are reports that Drew Brees could be back as soon as week 14, which uh, is good news for Kamara. It's good news for guys like Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, look, I know from a wins and losses standpoint, if you are a Saints fan, you're perfectly fine because uh, you, you have not lost with Taysom Hill at the quarterback spot. But uh, for me, who doesn't necessarily have you know, a vested interest in whether or not the Saints win or lose, I need you to spread the ball around to the guys on my fantasy team. That's what we do here. So uh, yesterday was good. It was encouraging. We're happy to see it. But hopefully we can get closer to where Kamara was at the start of the season uh, as we take our march into the fantasy playoffs.
Okay, today's show is sponsored by DraftKings, a leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, so download the DraftKings app now. Use code TEAM during sign-up and start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's time for Performance Ready, presented by Castrol Edge. Every Monday, we do checks marks the spot where we pick three players, and Kimmy gives us our thoughts on whether or not uh, she believes what she saw from them on Sunday is sustainable. You know, we like sustainable production. Uh, you know, we don't make our world better. We want things sustainable. So uh, let's talk first off about Kiki QT, who uh, you know, was expected to sort of slide in in the absence of Will Fuller. Uh, we wondered during the week whether or not it was a good idea to start him against the Colts defense. You were totally on board. I know I was skeptical, but you were on board. Huge day from Kiki QT, over 100 yards. Uh, is this the start of something good or were maybe the Colts just kind of caught off guard? I'm psychic. I knew it. I absolutely knew it. <laughs> on fantasy game day on Sunday, Kiki QT was my sleeper pick of the week because I think a lot of people forget that when Will Fuller has been out of games before, Kiki QT and Deshaun Watson have an incredible chemistry. That's exactly what we saw yesterday. He caught eight of nine targets for 141 yards, finishing with 22 fantasy points. He led the team in targets, catches, and receiving yards. And like I said, we saw that connection that he had with Deshaun Watson. Now, not only did he have that connection with his quarterback, but he also is a kick returner, which means more fantasy points. So I am absolutely fully on board this Kiki QT hype train. I feel like I need to be with you in rank and get my running shoes on and, and tell you I'm all aboard because I love this and I'm really happy that he balled out. He absolutely balled out, and I was a little bit surprised. I was taking more of a wait-and-see attitude. I didn't know exactly how the the Texans were going to spread the football around, but they got Kuti involved early and often, and he had a really good day. So that makes me feel a little bit more confident. They've got the Bears next week, I believe, which on paper does not seem great, uh, although Chicago did have its hands full with Detroit on Sunday. Uh, sorry, Hytham and Adam Rank. Um, so, so maybe maybe I'm starting to get on board with, with QT, which I know, uh, you know, the moment I, I finally buy in is when everything falls apart, but uh, I'm willing to take that chance right now. Uh, on the other side of that game, T.Y. Hilton, who we had sort of been, you know, fading for good reason for most of the year. In fact, I think uh, he's rostered in about 35%, I think, of, of NFL.com leagues, something really, really low but went out and balled. And that's when I remembered that he basically owns the Houston Texans. And that was the thing I probably should have thought about during the week. Uh, but it's back-to-back -back games, Kimmy, where he's had 80 or more yards and a touchdown. So maybe T.Y. Hilton's coming back into our lives at the right time? I mean, he does have an incredible matchup next week against the Raiders. And like you said, now over the last two weeks, he's had 12 catches for 191 receiving yards and a pair of touchdowns. This is when we really need dominant fantasy performances, especially as we head into the playoffs. Once you make the playoffs, you need that consistency to be there. And if T.Y. Hilton keeps balling out like he has the last two weeks against the Las Vegas Raiders, I'm kind of buying in. I'm definitely buying in. I had been saying for a few weeks now that you know Michael Pittman was a guy you wanted to add, mostly because the schedule was starting to turn favorable for them down the stretch. But just judging on the last couple of weeks, you're reminded of why T.Y. Hilton has been this team's go-to receiver for a number of years. Obviously, this year it, it wasn't working out. Maybe it was just 
an adjustment period with Phillip Rivers taking over a quarterback. Maybe that is why Hilton was slow to get going. But the last couple of weeks, he started to look like the T.Y. Hilton we've seen in past season. If that's going to be the case, as you mentioned, the Raiders are next on the schedule. There are some favorable games coming up for this offense. So maybe it's time for everybody to start jumping back on board and getting in line with T.Y. Hilton again. Uh, all right, last one. Mike Gesicki, and, you know, I feel like every time we talk about a tight end, we, we have to make the obligatory, man, tight end, it's so rough this year. Okay, now we got that out of the way. Mike Gesicki had a nice <laughs> game, uh, the first time in, in seemingly a while, and this is a guy that I loved before the season who has underwhelmed this year. Uh, you know, we, we saw Tua at quarterback and not Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know if that means anything, but, but do you buy what you saw from Mike Gesicki yesterday? I mean, he was a clear favorite for Tua yesterday. I think Devontae Parker took a huge hit with Tua becoming the starting quarterback again after coming back uh, dealing with an injury because Fitzmagic likes to target Devontae Parker. That's his guy, and I guess clearly Mike Gusecki is now Tua's guy. He did lead the team in receptions, receiving yards, and targets. So if you look at the stats and the numbers on paper, it has to mean something, right, Marcus? I hope so. I I. I don't want to get too optimistic about it just because every time it seems like we start to really get on board with Gasicki, then he vanishes again. And so that has me hesitant. Yesterday was good. Uh, I thought the matchup was good. The Bengals have struggled mightily uh, against the tight end position. So I felt like that was a reason I could kind of pick him out as a sleeper on fantasy game day, but I just don't know that I totally believe in him going forward. Uh, but uh, Hey, you know, if you made the choice to start him yesterday, if you put him into a DFS lineup, then uh, you feel pretty good about what you got out of Mike Gasicki. I just don't know that, that you can bank on that going forward. We want to know which one of these guys you can bank on going forward. You can go to Kimmy's Twitter page and vote in her poll at Kimmy Checks. Let us know which of these performances you think could be most long-lasting as we head into the fantasy playoffs. And that was Performance Ready presented by Castrol Edge. Just because the fantasy regular season is over doesn't mean you get to stop tinkering with your roster. Let's look at the waiver wire op options for week 14. Some decent names at quarterback. Phillip Rivers, who's been playing well, and we talked about the matchups with T.Y. Hilton. That, that pretty much applies to Phillip Rivers as well. Jalen Hurts, provided he ends up as the starting quarterback. More on that as the week progresses. Andy Dalton, who has a revenge game coming up this week. Uh, I guess in week 14, I should say, against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Baker Mayfield, who was on fire on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. And then Matthew Stafford, who's been playing well. The matchups are middle of the road, but Stafford's been playing well, so you might look to give him uh, some run if you need to. The skill position, guys, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. The Cam Akers hive has come alive once again after his big game on Sunday. Ty Johnson, who stepped in for Frank Gore after Gore went out, uh, was in concussion protocol in that game. So if Johnson ends up being the starter, if Gore can't go, uh, Johnson should be on rosters considering the workload he saw on Sunday against the Raiders. T.Y. Hilton, we talked about. Kiki QT, another guy who's still out there in a lot of leagues and after having that big game is certainly going to be somebody that's picked up off a lot of waiver wires. Colin Johnson has uh, scored touchdowns in back-to-back -back games and should be getting some looks there in the Jaguars. A couple of tight ends who we know, we, we know they are dart throws, yes. But Cole Komet, who is starting to outplay Jimmy Graham in Chicago, and then Anthony Ferkser, 
course, that is sort of provided that John U. Smith uh, is hurt and doesn't play in week 14. But then again, even when John U's been on the field, Ferks are starting to get more run uh, in that Titans offense. Uh, but Kimmy, let's let's start off. Let's go back and talk about Phillip Rivers at the quarterback spot, because early in the year, uh, we were sort of avoiding Phillip Rivers. We were avoiding pretty much all parts of this Colts passing game. But Rivers has started to turn some things around. Maybe he's just getting comfortable in Indianapolis. I don't know, Kimmy. But uh, he's become a serviceable fantasy quarterback for the last few weeks. Yo, I've, I've kind of been rocking with this Phillip Rivers quarterback fantasy situation for the last few weeks because he has been playing so well, which was kind of a shocker if you think of what he's done in years prior. Maybe he just needed this new team. He needed a little bit of cold. L.A. was just a little too warm for him. For him. Uh, now, on Sunday, he was 27 for 35 pass attempts for 285 yards and two touchdowns. That's 77% of his passes completed. He's thrown over 220 yards in the last 10 games straight, throwing closer to 300 yards in most of those matchups. Now, he had huge connections with T.Y. Hilton, who we talked about. We also saw a resurgence of Jonathan Taylor also getting involved in the passing game yesterday, and uh, they don't have too bad of a remaining schedule. They play the Raiders, which is a favorable matchup, a favorable matchup against the Texans, a tough one against the Steelers, but then they end with Jacksonville another really good matchup. So if you need a streaming quarterback from here on out, or at least on a week-to-week basis, Phillip Rivers is not too bad of an option. I, I absolutely agree. If you are streaming quarterbacks and you know, you're playing the matchups every week, Phillip Rivers is a name that you at least have to pay attention to. And, and maybe you find some better options out there, but I don't think you can completely exclude Rivers from the conversation, especially because now we've seen the T.Y. Hilton resurgence. Michael Pittman is starting to get some more love. And they're spreading it around to their tight ends, whether it's Trey Burton or, or Moali Cox, whoever it is. Uh, and now Jonathan Taylor getting involved in the passing game as well. Okay. So all season long, we've been trying to figure out what's going on with the Rams running backs. And it maybe has taken 13 weeks, but at least as of yesterday, it appears that Sean McVay has been ready to anoint Cam Akers. I tweeted that, and the thirst that came back at me from people who have been Cam Akers stands all year long was palpable. Are you ready to plant your flag on the Cam Akers plot of land here and, and declare that he is the running back you want from this Rams backfield. I, I need like a Lion King moment where I just lift up uh, Cam Akers and I show him to the world. I'm like, Simba, <laughs> it is him. We found our lead back for the Rams. It's Sean McVay lifting him up. I'm in it. And even last week on the show, I said, do we dare have a lead back in Cam Akers? And you were like, oh, I don't know, maybe, but I think that it's finally him. He carried the ball 21 times for 72 yards and a touchdown. He also caught his only target for 22 yards. And these other two running backs, Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson, they only combined for six carries and nine touches. That was combined, not individual. Combined for six carries and nine touches. Now next week, they have a very tough matchup against the New England Patriots, who have kind of had a resurgence on their defensive end of the ball, and they did just go shut out Justin Herbert and the Chargers. But regardless, I'm going to fire up Cam Akers because we finally have a lead back for this Rams team. The reason I think most of us were avoiding this situation wasn't because, you know, we were talking about guys who just weren't great players. We just didn't know who was going to get the, the bulk of the opportunity most of the time. I mean, and that was sort of the reason we were fading Akers or Malcolm Brown or what have you, because just the, their usage was inconsistent. But if what we saw yesterday with Akers getting 21 carries is the start of something new, 
then then I'm totally in, in to, to buy in. And you know, I, our, our pal, our colleague, also you know, Rams radio analyst Maurice Jones-Drew had been suggesting that maybe this was coming, uh, but suggesting is one thing, seeing it is something else. And so uh, it feels like Sean McVay has turned a corner and now they're really going to start to lean on the rookie for the rest of the season. So let's let's all hope for that, right? Let's not all buy in, and then next week it's Daryl Henderson who gets like 15 carries, and then we're sitting here and we're pouting uh, like somebody stole our bike or something like that. So we'll see. Uh, but yesterday was definitely encouraging, reason enough to start to buy in uh, on Cam Akers fully. So if you have the number one waiver priority, if you are looking for somebody off the wire, where are you going first this week, Kimmy? Now, it depends who's there. I need help at running back. I need help at wide receiver. So there are going to be two guys that I mainly want to target. It's going to be Kiki Q2, who was my sleeper from Sunday, who I'm still hyping and running for. But if he's gone, I think it's going to be Cam Akers, because like we just said, it seems as if he has now appeared as the lead back for the Rams. They're going to consistently run the ball. So I think Cam Akers or Kiki, those are my guys. Who are you going to, who are you going to try to rock with, though, Marcus? I think, I think I'm leaning toward Cam Akers here just because I always feel like you can't have enough running back help because of the way guys are used and rotated. And, you know, you're always certainly worried about injury at the running back spot. So Cam Akers is probably the guy I'm leaning toward. I like the QT call. I also wouldn't mind, you know, taking some shots at T.Y. Hilton, just knowing how many leagues he's available in. So, uh, you know, if you want a, a quality wide receiver, one who has, you know, when everything's right, has wide receiver one potential, the fact that T.Y. Hilton's out there in a lot of leagues could end up being very impactful for a lot of fantasy managers as they head into the postseason. Have a say in this year's Pro Bowl vote presented by Verizon. The Pro Bowl may look different this year, but the best players will still be recognized. Show your love, cast your vote, and make sure your favorite players still earn their place on the 2021 Pro Bowl roster. Vote today at NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. So we got a pair of Monday night football games coming at us. The first one hits at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can see that on Fox. It is the Washington football team at the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Big game for both these teams. Obviously, the Steelers trying to stay undefeated. The football team trying to stay in the race for the NFC East. Antonio Gibson has been great for a long stretch this year. And, and we talk about the rookies who are in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, Gibson's name is certainly in that mix right now. But the Steeler run defense has been about as good as it comes so far this year. So how worried are you about Antonio Gibson today? Like you said, the matchup is tough, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers are allowing the second fewest fantasy points to running backs this season, but I'm not worried about Antonio Gibson. I'm still am going to start him because he's been so consistent as of late. He's just coming off of a 115-yard three rushing touchdown game with 36 fantasy points. So with that high of an upside and that high of a ceiling, you've got to rock with them, even if it's a tough matchup. And I am secretly, actually not even secretly, I am putting it out into the universe that the Washington football team, they are going to be able to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers so that my Chiefs can be atop the AFC, finally. I was, was going to say, this, that's, that's, not, that's not a selfish wish at all, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not at all, not at all. Not at all, right? Uh, I, I am starting Antonio Gibson where I have him. I just am believing that the the offense will find a way to get him involved, to make him be productive, uh, get him the ball in space, and sort of let him do his thing. So uh, even though the matchup is difficult, I think Gibson has sort of earned the benefit of the doubt with the way he's playing. And he's had some good games against tough defenses before. So it's not 
uh, certainly impossible to think that Gibson can go out here and and do some good things against the the Steelers. So uh, I'm totally okay with having him in my lineup. Uh, I would even, you know, if you decide you're going to play a Monday DFS slate, Monday, Tuesday, I guess, DFS slate, uh, then I I wouldn't even mind giving him a shot there just because I I do think – he has been sort of one of the best things going for for this Washington football team. One of the other good things going for the Washington football team has been Terry McLaurin. Uh, on the other side, Chase Claypool, who's having a big rookie season there. So choose your fighter. You going Claypool? You going Scary Terry? I don't even know how to fight. I'm like, is this what we got to do? Boom, boom, boom. I'm like that. Lo- <laughs> I'm like the Logan Paul. Fight. So sad how that ended. Uh, but I digress. I, if I had to choose a fighter, I'm going to rock with Scary Terry on this one. I like Chase Claypool. I understand that he's been productive, but you still have to worry about Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster being in that offense and, and getting shares of that ball. I think Chase Claypool probably has a higher upside, but Terry McLaurin is truly the only receiver for the Washington football team that you should totally be buying into uh, as, as a wide receiver. I also think Logan Thomas is going to have a, a good potential to score tonight, but if I had to choose a fighter, it's Terry McLaurin. Even last week, Alex Smith only threw 26 passes against the Cowboys, but Terry McLaurin saw 34% of the passes go to him. So the consistency, the volumes there, I'm going to rock with my fighter, Scary Terry. I'm going to double down on that. And, and you see on the screen there, the 27% target share for Terry McLaurin. It, it is what you said. I mean, the, the ball when it's in the air, is generally going in his direction. Like you mentioned with Pittsburgh, there is Johnson, uh, there's Juju. So there are other guys that they're going to throw the football to, but the passing game in Washington pretty much runs through one guy, and that alone uh, makes it worth having him in in your lineup. And that that gives him the edge over Chase Claypool for me in this game. And and by the way, Logan Paul is supposed to be fighting Floyd Mayweather, I guess, is the new thing in February. And uh, I – I want both of them to lose. I'm just going to say that. I, 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 if there's a way that they can both be unsuccessful in this venture, uh, then that is the outcome I will root for. 2020 anyway. needs to end. 2020 needs to end. Like, this is what we're doing. We're well, going to put Floyd this Mayweather. Like, this, this is going to be the start of 2021, so it's like no. carrying over, too. It's like it's like a 2020 hangover into 2021. Uh, yeah, Make it I want, stop, Marcus. I Make it stop. I want no parts of it, but I know that I do know that when it happens, I, I'm pretty sure the timeline on Twitter is going to be talking about this fight. Like I know people are going to buy it just because we love train wrecks. Uh, I will. I will watch it via the timeline. I will not. I will not give my hard-earned money to that. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we we get out of here and, and wrap up this segment, uh, Benny Snell, would you start him against the good Washington run defense? It's a very tough matchup, right? Washington defense has been good. They're really tough against wide receivers, but they're also really tough against the run game. They've only allowed five rushing touchdowns to running backs this season and only three players with more than 80 rushing yards in a game. Now it's looking like James Conner is not going to be playing, which is why Benny Snell is going to have the higher upside. If you're in a pinch and you really need to start a running back, then sure you can go for it. But there are still two remaining games. Uh, So if you could pass on playing Benny Snell, I probably would. I, I would definitely not play him. I guess I should preface that by saying it, it looks pretty certain that James Conner is not going to play uh, after he was placed on the COVID list. So he's likely not available for this one. So that means Snell is, is expected to be the starter, probably see most of the work. I just don't see him being productive enough to make it worthwhile. We talked about Roethlisberger and those pass catchers there. I think that is 
where the Steelers are going to try to do most of their work. So uh, I would fade Benny Snell if I could in this one. You've heard me talk all year about the NFL Fantasy app. You can play, obviously, NFL Fantasy football on it. But more importantly, you can watch live local games on the app for absolutely free. That includes uh, the Monday night games tonight as well as the Tuesday night game uh, coming up tomorrow as well. So check it out. Download the NFL Fantasy app now wherever you download fine apps and things. Uh, all right. So we talked about the one Monday night game, uh, Washington at Pittsburgh, another one, I guess technically it is Buffalo at San Francisco, but that game's going to be played in Glendale, Arizona, as the 49ers uh, had to pick up and move for the time being. Uh, anyway, the important part is that it's Bills and 49ers. We, we kind of went and picked between Chase Claypool and Terry McLaurin in the last segment. Now I'm going to ask you to pick between a pair of Bills running backs. If you had to choose between Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, where are you going? We know that Devin Singletary is allergic to the end zone. I think you were the one who coined <laughs> that term. So I'm going to rock with Zach Moss just because he has such a higher upside because of the way that they have him and they use him close to the goal line and that uh, red zone upside of actually getting into the end zone. So if I had to choose a fighter between the two, it's going to be uh, Zach Moss. But regardless, the 49ers are very tough against the run game. They've given up the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing rushers. So uh, both of these guys are going to have a little bit of a challenging feat today. I, I am on the Zach Moss train as well, but I'm not super excited about it, mostly because even for the supposed touchdown upside that Zach Moss has, it's still limited when you figure that Josh Allen's going to get a lot of the work down near the goal line. That's just sort of the way this this offense operates. I mean, Moss had the big game against the Patriots back in week eight where he had a couple of rushing touchdowns. Uh, other than that, he only has one other rushing touchdown so far this season. He did catch one uh, way back in week one. So even his supposed touchdown upside is limited when you figure that Josh Allen has six rushing touchdowns to lead the team. But uh, again, it is better than Singletary, who still has to show three forms of ID to get into the end zone. So I guess that's the guy that I would pick. But like I said, I'm not crazy excited about it. Uh, on the other side, uh, Debo Samuel came back and, uh, as I said earlier, was snatching chains uh, when he got back on the field. So is it officially Debo Samuel season for the 49ers? I really hope so. I'm crossing my fingers. I hope so. <laughs> I, I was just setting a, a daily fantasy lineup for DraftKings, and I did have Debo Samuel in my captain spot. Uh, just I just like to mess around and play with those. Uh, if you look at what he did when he came back, he was so darn good, but we do have to keep in consideration that Brandon Ayuk is also going to be in the picture and playing today. Now, both of these guys are going to have usage, but I do think that Debo Samuel is going to have an edge because of his usage in the run game as well. So, yes, it is hopefully officially Debo Samuel's season. I just I keep coming back to him being an extension of the run game because we want as many parts of the 49er running game as we can get because Kyle Shanahan is pretty good at, at scheming that sort of thing up. So the fact that that he does get those targets and he gets I don't want to call them cheap targets, but high percentage, right? You're talking about like you see on the screen, right? These bubble screens or the jet sweeps where it's just a short little pitch in front of him. That counts as a fantasy point. That counts as a reception. So it is an easy way for him to rack up points. Uh, I, you know, I will, I will refrain from going in my rant on you know PPR and how it needs to change. But for the time being, this is sort of a loophole, and and I think that makes Debo that much more attractive, even with Brandon Ayuk there, who I think is going to get some work and who I like. 
the Niners will still make it a priority to get Debo Samuel heavily involved. So wherever you have him, I think it's worth having him in your lineup for the rest of the year just because the Niners are going to really give him a lot of work. Okay, let's pivot to Tuesday night, the finale of Week 13, the Cowboys at the Ravens. That one, you can see uh, 8.05 Eastern Time on Fox, on NFL Network, and streaming on Amazon as well. Uh, Lamar Jackson expected to be back. Uh, the, the Ravens getting healthier. The Cowboys, well, they're the Cowboys. Um Ezekiel Elliott was a guy that was picked in the top four or five in pretty much every draft. He has not really lived up to that billing necessarily. How worried should we be about him against the Baltimore defense? I mean, I think we have to be slightly worried about him. I mean, we've been worried about him all season long because Dallas Cowboys, they've struggled, right? We understand that Dak Prescott is out. He had a season-ending injury. The O-line has been incredibly banged up. So we haven't seen the real Zeke-eating moment that we were looking for in 2020. Now, the Ravens, they're tough against the run. They only just allowed Benny Snell, who was the backup nonetheless, but they only allowed him to 16, 60 yards on 16 carries. I think Zeke is an RB2 this week. If you have him, you probably have to play him because of that high spend you had on him uh, back in fantasy drafts. Uh, but just kind of temper your expectation. This is a very tough matchup for Zeke. I, again, I, I'm with you in the fact that if you have him, you're probably playing him because where are you going to go that's that's better? And especially if you're waiting until Tuesday, uh, you're definitely not going to find a, a whole lot of better options. But he has had less than nine fantasy points in four of his last five games. Over the last month, uh, he is the RB30 Christian McCaffrey is ahead of him, and I say that, you know, incredulously because McCaffrey's only played one game in that span. Uh, but even in that one game, he has outscored what Zeke has done over the last four weeks. So there's, it's just basically a long way of saying Zeke is not playing well. The matchup does not favor him. But in theory, he should get plenty of touches. He should get plenty of opportunities. Uh, and that alone means that he's worth being in your lineup. But uh, the the prospects of this slump continuing are pretty, pretty good. All right, last one here. Marquise Hollywood Brown had a good game last week. I mean, people had been making the joke that because he's playing well, he no longer gets the nickname Hollywood. Uh, I had seen Van Eyes Brown. I had seen Bakersfield Brown. Uh, I had seen any number of smaller towns in Florida that I'm not necessarily familiar with, but I'm sure people who live in the area uh, are quite familiar with. The point being, he has underperformed this year, but had a good game last week and a good matchup. This week, another good matchup. So do we believe in Mr. Marquise Brown this week? He's had other good matchups this entire season, and he's not been able to perform on them. Now, I do have a little bit of a renewed sense of energy and hope after last week's performance, but it wasn't Lamar Jackson who was throwing him the ball. It was RG3 at quarterback. He had 85 yards and a touchdown. This was his first touchdown since week eight and only his third touchdown of the season. If you want to rock with him, then you can rock with him because, like we said, this game is being played on Tuesday, so if you wait that long, you kind of got to do that. But I wouldn't start him above anything other other than a flex at this point, because I don't know if the consistency is there. It's it's not worth it for me to get burned uh, heading into the fantasy playoffs. You mentioned the 85 yards and the touchdown, and most of that came on one play where the defender missed the tackle and then there was no help behind, and Brown was able to run to the end zone. So it's not as though he's been a consistently productive part of the Ravens' offense where he's getting downfield targets and making plays. 
it really did take essentially a slip and fall for him to get that big play. And it has been a struggle. I mean, the, the previous four games, his high watermark had been 38 yards. So that tells you a lot about where this is. So I, again, if you wait until Tuesday, then, you know, hey, plug it in there because what else are you going to do? But uh, yeah, I, I think the bloom is definitely off the rose for Marquise Brown. And I, I just can't really advocate starting him even against the Dallas Cowboys uh, just because, you know, he has not shown that he can even exploit some of the good matchups he's had. So uh, are you locked in? What what are your plans? Do you have any special plans for this this Monday doubleheader? I know, you know, some of us have fantasy live. Are you are you, you know, grilling, cooking anything special for the doubleheader today? No, you know, I we're, we're going to be on fantasy live later this afternoon. So I'll have one game going on the TV uh, in my <laughs> peripheral vision. So as I'm covered in B-roll at moments, I can look over and check the score. Uh, I have a wedding coming up. So I'm in full wedding planning mode uh, a year on out. And I'm going to go vegetarian because I am still eating uh, Thanksgiving leftovers. And I'm still on like that sweet high of like making pie and baking cookies and getting into the holiday mood. And then I have to realize I don't want to have the COVID-19 as in gaining 19 pounds. So uh, no, no grilling, no anything. I will be eating lettuce and watching the games. <laughs> that sounds mildly fun. Uh, no, not yeah, at all. Whatever. No fun. No fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, in the meantime, this show has been fairly fun today, I would like to say. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, the worst time to have a heart attack is during a game of charades. Be safe, take care of yourself, wear a mask, and we will see you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.